Donald Fat is the market is closed. Good Wednesday afternoon, everyone. This is Kit Perridge with your daily VRA Investing System podcast, where we tell you in just a few minutes what happened in the markets today. More importantly, we'll tell you what's going to happen going forward using the VRA Investing System as our guide. Bit of a different podcast today. Uh, very, uh, very troubling information uh, out of China and negotiations on a U.S.-China trade deal. Uh, of course, that's why the markets dropped so much yesterday, down over 600 points before closing down about 470. A bit of a different story today. The markets were actually pretty quiet, trading in a range of uh, maybe a couple of hundred points. But uh, Dow Jones closed up two points at uh, 25,967. Our loser on the day was uh, well, both the NASDAQ and Russell 2000, both down a quarter to a half percent. Again, no- nothing big here. All eyes are on what's happening with the U.S. and China and trade negotiations. And what we learned and what you've probably already heard uh, is that uh, <clears throat> China has completely reneged, completely backtracked on their, the commitments they've made to U.S. negotiators over the last month or two. So it's a common game the Chinese have played forever. This is how communists operate. Uh, Trump is not surprised by this, I'm sure, although it's hard to not be taken back a little bit when we're learning that on all these most important issues that the Chinese at least committed to to some degree – They've now backtracked away from saying that, quote unquote, look, we, uh, we're communists. We can't just change our laws overnight. This is how we do business. So, you know, we need you to work with us on this. Well, that may work and it may, it may not work, but China's playing with fire. They're playing with real fire. I have, would have no problem whatsoever if Trump were to just say, you know what, cancel the meetings. Let's send these, the Chinese delegation home. Let's put these tariffs in place. Bury their economy, just as we did with Japan in the 1990s. If you don't know that story, it's a, it's a great story. Uh, it's, a, it's an unbelievable story, really. Uh, for those that have forgotten, I have not. In the late 80s, uh, the uh, Japanese were taking over the world. They certainly were trying to take over the U.S., buying our key properties uh, and uh, – the, the word was they were going to be the new uh, global powerhouse. Uh, businesses were uh, sending their top uh, employees back to business school to learn Japanese. Uh, parents were teaching their kids Japanese. It, it was all the rage. They were going to be the next big thing. And then we got tired of it, and the wheels came off because Japan, while not – not like China today, which is, of course, a communist country. Japan's not far from it. A very, a very similar structure uh, of uh, control where they believed because they had a system in place, they could do things their way and because they all spoke with one voice and because they had a very unique corporate relationship, in case you don't know. Much like China, Japanese companies buy each other's stocks to support their stock prices, Right. And they, China does the same thing, and they believe this creates long-term value, and they have a loyalty uh, program in place where they don't sell each other stocks. Uh, of course, it's completely changed now as you know, Japan went through. The end result was, of course, Japan collapsed, uh, complete collapse, 19-year bear market. The Nikkei Dow uh, dropped 75, actually 78% in value over 19 years. The Japanese real estate market, which at one point, the Japanese, just the block, uh, the, 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 the two blocks around the Imperial Palace of, uh, in Tokyo, at one point, this is in the early 90s, 
were worth more than all of, China, uh, all of California's real estate combined. That's the kind of uh, buildup in, in, in wealth and valuation that had taken place in Japan. Well, that house of cards came tumbling down quickly. Uh, real estate prices in Japan fell for 19 straight years. It fell. It not stayed stagnant or didn't. Had some years that went up, some when they went down. Japanese real estate prices fell for 19 straight years. So if China thinks this can't happen to them, boy, they, 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 are, they are really messing with fire here. Trump knows this. I, I can assure you uh, that the Lighthizer, Mnuchin, and the, the, uh, the U.S. trade delegation is well aware of this. Even the Chinese are aware of this. And the Chinese people are certainly aware of it. I, I got a, uh, a note recently from a Chinese portfolio manager that I met with when I was in China about uh, 10, 11 years ago. And I'll read it to you. Uh, he said, uh, the Chinese are rooting for Trump. It's the best hope of opening our markets and decentralizing power, possibly even giving us a form of democracy long term. Trump's popularity in China is enormous because the Chinese people see what this could mean for them. We've talked about this a lot We've, uh, here at the VRA. We've written about this a lot over the years. And frankly, over the last couple of months, as the U.S. markets were soaring, Chinese markets were soaring. And look, we're positioned in Chinese stocks right now. So, you know, we, don't, we do have a dog in this fight. Uh, it looked like they, they were coming together on a deal. And this could open the Chinese markets over the long run, just like my Chinese portfolio manager friend uh, shared with me here recently. Uh, the hopes were high that a deal was going to get done. And now it could be collapsing. We, look, we don't know. It could all be just bluster and talk. Uh, the Chinese could come in, hopefully negotiate a better deal or give them more time. Still, what I kind of think is going to happen here, that's been my prediction for a long time, it'll be phased in, etc. But if they, if they don't commit to making significant progress uh, on this, that is verifiable, um, you know, trust but verify, as Reagan said, then we need to just tell them to go on home. Yeah, there'll be a shock in the markets. So what? Okay. And this is not about, we're not day traders here. So this is not about that. Uh, but I'll remind you of what happened for those that, again, have forgotten what happened in, in, in Japan. Once we got serious about Japan's uh, goal of, uh, of world domination, uh, and we took them down, okay, and their system certainly helped that to happen as well. By the way, we see this throughout history time and again. Look at what happened in the Soviet Union, okay? Communism is not a good business model. Communism in China is not a good business model. It didn't work in Japan either uh, in a very controlled system where they tried to shut out the free markets believing they could control everything. History has shown time and again that the global economy does not work that way. You can't control the free markets. This is the problem that so many of us have had for so long with, uh, with central banks. They're trying to control free markets. Never works out well. So uh, uh, off, off, off topic a bit there. Long story short, when Japan's markets started to implode, one would think that the U.S. markets might implode with it. Exactly the opposite took place. The U.S. went back to a 5% GDP as China imploded. Yes, at the time, excuse me, Japan imploded. Yes, at the time, Japan owned U.S. government debt. That was the, uh, the threat that, that was held over our head then. 
You know, don't do business, don't do business with us the way you want to. We'll sell your debt. Well, here's the problem for China today, using the same analogy with Japan and what happened there. Today, China's debt to GDP is 250% to one. All right, they have two, two and a half times more debt than their annual gross domestic product. Okay, that's a problem uh, because that, that's right there where Japan is now. And frankly, you, we don't even think we can believe those numbers because, again, it's a communist country, right? It's a very closed system. We have no way of verifying whether or not these are accurate numbers. They're probably much, much too low. Back in the uh, 80s and early 90s when Japan was trying to take over the world, what was their debt to GDP? It was only uh, – it was less than 100 uh, percent of debt to GDP. It was uh, 75, uh, so 0.75. So yeah, they had more. Uh, they had they had much more room to leverage up than China has today. Is the point that we're trying to make here? Um, the concern for China and the Chinese is that if they do go into Japan mode, lost three decade mode, their collapse because again because of debt because it is a communist country. And because they already have this tight control over their people, you, you would have not only um, an implosion of the economy, real estate market, devastation. You would have a civil war, a long-term, probably a, a, at least a, a decade depression, and uh, again, riots, civil war, absolute devastation. The Chinese had better realize that Trump is serious about this. Because this is where it's headed if they're not. Uh, I will tell you that we will be prepared if this is the uh, route that's going to uh, uh, unfold. We'll be prepared to take some aggressive short positions uh, with the Chinese stocks and uh, including put options on, uh, on some uh, key uh, China positions. Uh, that's, that's the VRA's position here. That's how we see it. We are very hopeful that a deal gets done here. We want to be long. The Chinese markets, we're going to stay along the U.S. markets, of course. The downside risk there might be a day or two or a week or two or maybe a month, similar to maybe what we had in the January of last year where we had that sharp sell-off. Yeah, we could get that again, uh, but uh, that'll be a buying opportunity because the U.S. is where it is. We are a free market system. We have a president that gets it, right? We have the strongest economy in 50 years. We're going to be the place where money continues to flow from around the world. So any concerns here would be short-lived and would be a buying opportunity. Not the case for China. Folks, as I said earlier, a little bit of a different uh, podcast today for you. Uh, just real quick, we like to cover the internals every day and give you some updates on the VRA investing system. Internals today, even with the you know, kind of a screwy market today, no big losses, no big gains, uh, the internals were positive today. Uh, advanced decline, positive. Up-down volume, positive. New highs, new lows, positive. Across the board, trifecta of positives. And remember, 52-week uh, highs to lows have not been negative now since what's been three and a half months. Uh, again, a lot of internal strength here, and why not? The U.S. is where everybody wants to be. Uh, uh, markets have now worked off their overbought uh, status, and... Uh, there could be some short-term uh, topsy-turvy moves here, but the VRA investing system still sits at 10 out of 12 screens being bullish. And in that, when that kind of a rating is in place, you have no choice. That, that's what you have to do. 
the smart money move is to buy dips. That's what we've been doing for a long time here. Folks, again, my name is Kip Herridge. Please join us at VRAinsider.com. Again, VRAinsider.com. Uh, have a great night. We'll see you back here again tomorrow after the close.